Welcome to another episode of Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion. I'm your host, Amanda Starling, here to talk to you about all things intersectional feminism, DIY, and of course the music. I hope you're all having a great week. It seems like there's tons happening in the world of music, and I'm just so happy to see so many wonderful opportunities and new releases happening for different friends out there. I do want to let you all know that I'll be taking a hiatus after this episode, probably for a month or so. We're going to see how I'm feeling. Um, I really need some time to just recharge my creative energy and refocus it to some other projects that I have going on. So um, I'll be taking the time to just do that. I hope in the meantime, you'll keep supporting really incredible artists out here working so hard to share their music with you. To me, it's so important to find the things that motivate you and keep you going. And music is really a core experience for that. Thank you for all the support and understanding. I'm really hoping to be back soon to keep sharing important and talented people in our community together. Okay, so let's move on to this week's guests. I'm joined by Chicago's own OK Cool, who are so much fun and really have a special outlook on making music. Bridget and Haley decided to collaborate together with this project, and it goes to show what fun and friendship can really create. They joined this week to talk about how they met, their approach to songwriting, how Surrealist, their latest EP, came to be, and more. So with that, let's hear more OK Cool and then get to know Haley and Bridget. beautiful this is the best way to ever start a podcast let's go (laughs) 
Well, welcome, okay, cool, to Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion. How are y'all doing? We're fired Wonderful. up. <laughs> Wonderful and fired Wonderful up. Wonderful and fired say. up. <laughs> I feel it. Honestly, this is the kind of energy I need for the, we're recording during the middle of the week, and this is, this is what I need, so thank you. <laughs> Listen, as, as we always say, the middle of the week is just the start of hump day. <laughs> So true. We always say that. We do always say that. <laughs> band slogan. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's a good one. A lot of bands have slogans, but we wanted to stay on top of that. Yeah. Well, that's crucial, especially as a as a band. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'm so excited to kind of get to know you both as we chat here on this episode. So let's get right into it. Um, first, if you don't mind introducing each of yourselves. And then kind of tell me a little bit how you first began to play music. Yeah, I'm Haley Bloomquist. Uh, I started playing guitar when I was maybe like nine or 10 um, because I saw a guitar in a Walmart and it looked really sick and it was bright green and I wanted it very bad. And my parents got me a guitar, but it was not that one. But that's okay because I stuck with it. And here I am. You've gotten over the grudge by now? (laughs) No. (laughs) I'll probably, if I ever get like very rich, maybe I'll go back and find a lime green guitar yeah. and hang it on my wall. But yeah, the tones out of a first act are unbelievable, I'm sure. They're not bad, actually. <laughs> not true. Make it work with your budget. Um, my name is Bridget Stebris. Um, I first started playing music probably when I was around uh, eight or nine. I started playing piano lessons. Um, and then that kind of moved to guitar when I was around 13 or 14. From there, Don't forget I- the horn. I got I I played French horn in fifth grade, um, played that for a while, actually, into high school. So kind of dabbled in for a while before I kind of found my calling in guitar and drums. Um, and from there, I kind of made some bands and I'm, I'm in a couple bands right now. And that's what we do. And we love doing it. I love that. That's fantastic to kind of hear a little bit of your background stuff. Sounds like all kinds of instruments for you, Bridget. And hopefully, Haley, that that green guitar can become the real aspiration as you grow as a band too. I want to be able to see you with that on like some band promo at some point. Probably so ugly. (laughs) I wonder what it looks like. If it's ugly enough, it becomes cool again, you know? Yeah, I guess. In my memory, it's like the coolest thing ever to ever happen, but (laughs) was it like a flying V or like what was it? I, I couldn't tell you, but you, it's, it's you have like, an image though. Kind of. It's a little <laughs> foggy, but it's, it's kind of like a rounded green, uh, kind of like a Rickenbacker guitar. Oh, nice. It's okay. I can but see lime it. Lime green, like obnoxiously lime green, like a gamer guitar. Yeah. Nice. Like monster energy sponsored by monster energy. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you would see that slipped into like rock band or something. One of the avatars is playing that guitar. Yes. That would be cool. They would be, be an avatar. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Our hero with us in it. <laughs> that would be very weird. I'd have mixed feelings. <laughs> yeah, probably be gross. <laughs> yeah, it would be gross. Yeah. We'll have to say no to that when they ask yeah. us. <laughs> Just have the opportunity to have the question asked, really. Get to that point. <laughs> yeah, that's a no from me. <laughs> um, so I'm very curious about how you both met and kind of started. Okay, cool. Can you tell me about that? We met many years ago, maybe maybe four. <laughs> it's not even that long. I know, but it feels like a long time because we see each other like every single day, yeah. probably for the last four years. So <laughs> um, 
but yeah, we met when I was looking for, uh, I was in a cover band and we were looking for a new drummer and it was an all girl cover band. So I'd found Bridget actually on Facebook. Um, and then she joined in and it's been, it's been a hell of a ride ever since. Yeah. From there, uh, for the cover band, we eventually branched off into our, our own bands. I had joined a band called the Weekend Run Club as a drummer. Um, I met them on Facebook as well. I shout out Mark Zuckerberg. No, <laughs> I had been in a couple of music groups on Facebook and just kind of paying attention to people posting in there and seeing if anybody wanted a member because I was looking to, I had taught myself drums and I was kind of nervous about, you know, doing it in a band, but I knew I, you know, the best way to actually get good at it is to just be involved in something and just really dig your hands into it. So I, uh, I, Mitchell, our singer, he posted a demo of a song and I was really interested in it. So I met up with them and then kind of started jamming. Um, eventually invited Haley to be part of that once our bassist left and we were looking for a new one. Yeah, we just we just swap whenever somebody needs something. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I already got involved because she's amazing. So and then eventually out of that, um, we started trying to write our own songs and that became okay, cool. And that was very recent, started last year. Um, and we put out two EPs now. Oh my gosh, that's so awesome. And I love that you kind of were friends first and then just were like, hey, let's write these songs together. That's pretty neat. Yeah, I think it happens very organically. Um, yeah, we've been talking about it since we were in our first group together. And it just was like, we have a lot of the same tastes and we have a lot of the same like ideas and stuff. So we just, we always thought it'd be fun to do, but we kind of held back for a while because it's it's intimidating to do that. And it's also like, neither of us really wanted to be the singer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't we don't have that kind of background. We're very much like instrumentalist focused. Yeah, so, but once we di- we like actually dove into it, I feel like it worked out and I'm happy that we did it. That's awesome. I like that whenever I come through like your socials, the descriptors you give yourselves are just like everything to me because I love the like the in real life Wario and Waluigi or like the two tiny rats hoping to one day be humans. These, <laughs> do you, <laughs> you know, it feels like a silly question, but like uh, what made you decide that these are the ways that you kind of want to put yourselves out there and stuff? Because I feel like it's such um, a fun thing to kind of see. I wish more bands were this, like, you know, playful with their descriptors. Seriously. Especially ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. When it came time, it was like, oh, we need a bio. And then we we tried to think of, like, one for a second. And it's like, well, especially when you're a new band and you're making a bio, it's like, okay, well, I haven't, yeah, I, just I got say? here. I haven't done anything. So <laughs> we're, we're here, like, yeah. and I don't know, we're obviously just so much of, like, jokesters and also, Go- like, goofsters, even. Goofer, yeah, goofers and goofers. Um, <laughs> I think we're, too, it's like, we're you can pretty easily see like from our music and just the way that we talk where we're still very, I don't know, hesitant about putting things out there as people that don't, you know, sing. And as people that just started writing songs, there's still a great deal of hesitancy there. So I think it's almost natural to be like, you know, like, okay, we're going to give it to you, but we can't take ourselves like seriously. At least not yet. We were just sitting there and we were like, Oh, what if we said this? That's so stupid. And then we just threw it up. Yeah. But if it, you know, if it makes us laugh then like, sure. Yeah. I love that though, because it feels like you're kind of coming to us more so as just like a pair of friends rather than it being like, oh yeah, we're a cool band or whatever, you know? Anything we're not. Like, we just want to be like upfront, like, yeah, we're trying this out. Here it is. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I love that. Um, So I'm kind of curious, what are some of the things that maybe motivate you as a band or as songwriters? 
motivate. I think I really like to have a song written. It's it's you can really impress yourself if you get a good song going. The problem is that it's just very hard to write. Um, and it's still very hard to write, even though now that we have two EPs out, um, neither one was an easy process. Um, so far, the lyrics have been by me and those kind of came. I had to draw from a bunch of different places because I kept thinking about how do I start? I feel like that's the hardest part. How do I start with a really good idea that I feel good enough to pursue? Um, and so for me, I tried a bunch of different things. I tried playing along with songs that I like, trying to get inspiration from the chords that they used or the kind of style that they were using. I drew from past poems that I had had in my Google Drive folders. I tried doing these like online workshops that were like helping people write poetry and things like that. Um, so I kind of tried like every trick in the book of like, what's going to spark this for me? Um, and even eventually like changing my tuning up. And then that became five finger exploding heart technique. Um, and I probably still have to keep doing that. I have to keep finding ways to make it new for me or, or kind of spark something because um, it's really hard to just be sitting there and be like, how do I do this? <laughs> something I still struggle with, but I think it's a really, it's a really fun journey to get there. And when you've gotten there, it's like, whoa, we made this. And so that's kind of what motivates me to keep, keep doing this. It's a very cool feeling. It's a good process. And I think it's also cool to like write stuff, not always with the intent of it ever going anywhere and just kind of having fun with it and you know if it sticks it sticks but yeah not messing not forcing it yeah if it happens it happens if it doesn't that's okay you know we kind of have this mindset of like well I still put time into this skill and it'll you know it'll it'll pay off it's like devoting you know your your time and your effort like like anything else practice right (laughs) (laughs) well at that point it's like you're being creative just to be creative and if it turns into something that's like you know, like, oh, hey, I think I might actually want to share this song, then that's like, obviously a nice win. But when you go in with more so the intention of, hey, I'm just going to make sounds and see where it goes. That's, I feel like where you really start to reveal more about yourself and really start to kind of be like, okay, cool. And you're more, you're more honest with yourself. I think ultimately I can't speak for being a, for like being a songwriter, being a creative though. It's like, whenever you go to craft something, sometimes whenever you're focusing too hard on it, it doesn't come out the way that you hoped it would. But if you just let loose, sometimes you end up with some wacky shit you didn't previously consider. I love that you bring that up because it's so hard really not to care. Right. it you want it so bad you want to have something at the end of the day why isn't this good yeah or like it you know you come up you try your best and it's just not good enough for you to continue pursuing it I feel like in order for me to to really pursue it I have to like it if I don't like it what's the point you know um and it's also hard because like so many things have already been done I feel like I was born too late sometimes (laughs) Uh, I was born in the wrong generation (laughs) um yeah but you hit it around right the head. It's like, you know, it's kind of like a roll of the dice. Every time it happens, sometimes you get lucky. Sometimes you don't. You know, I just thought of a, a good new bio and it would be just two girl bosses born in the wrong generation. <laughs> God. <laughs> that would be born 100 BC. That would have been lit. <laughs> <laughs> the world would not have known what to do with you and it would have been great. <laughs> Any song yeah, works. Yeah, we would probably get stoned to death. Yeah, it's your tarred and feathered. Witches. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. (laughs) Um, It's interesting to me that you kind of talked about how you've been able to be creative and write different songs and stuff. And I'm curious about 
um, maybe some of the things that you learned from writing your first EP, Anomia, into um, working now on Surrealist, where some things that you kind of did and you're like, okay, well, let me try something different on this next one. Or what were some things you just learned? Yeah. So for Anomia, I was like thinking about, okay, how do I, how do I sing in a way that's comfortable to me? And at the time I thought, you know, it just kind of had to be, well, you just sing and then you're out there in the open. It's, it's just you and you just sing it. Uh, and that felt really vulnerable and really scary. And the more I kind of branched out into what I was listening to at the time, which was progressively getting into weirder and weirder indie music. Um, I eventually realized that you can really make it anything you want. And that includes, doubling your vocals, not having yourself be front and center if you don't want to, um, mm-hmm. kind of expanding the sound and, and kind of introducing more layers into things and, and more complexities. And so for Surrealist, that really helps because it took a weight off my shoulders. I didn't feel like I had to be the front person anymore. I could just be part of the mix. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you'll notice that in the songs, I mean, a lot of the vocals or most of them are doubled over. It helps me feel like I'm more part of like a, a group of me's that are singing uh, mm-hmm. rather than to be like, like from we what a group of me's yeah a group of <laughs> we console uh, but yeah it helped and I even bought like a vocal doubling pedal to mimic the effects of uh the album live so that yeah, way I, really I can cool. still feel okay enough to be singing because again like I started as a drummer like I don't do this really um so that's kind of the most valuable thing that I think I changed from record to record what would you say I mean, Anomia was our first shot at, like, ever writing just the two of us. Mm-hmm. So I think Ice Skates was, like, the first song that we ever wrote together. Yeah. And that was cool. And we were like, this is fun and this is good. So let's put it out. And then I think it's just, like, it, it was a long process after that of, like, okay, we're having fun. And we wrote a lot after that first EP came out. We just, like, grinded. And we had, like, so many songs just up on a shared Google Drive that we were just, like, making something, like, every couple days. Mm-hmm. And I think that was really good. Like not all those songs are good songs, but it was like, <laughs> it, it was, it was a really good process and it kind of kickstarted us. Whoa. Sorry. That's my dog. Anyways, it kickstarted us to like try new things and like, I don't know. <laughs> she made me lose my train of thought, but <laughs> that's okay. This is a dog friendly podcast. <laughs> We tried a lot of new song structures and as you'll notice, like the songs on Surrealist are kind of short. Um, but I don't really believe in like, you know, stretching a song out or like over, you know, overdoing your stay longer than you need to. I think like when I was writing the demos for these songs, it was kind of this thing where you kind of get in this, this zone and then you're just kind of pumping it out. And when I feel like it's, it, it ends, it ends. I don't mm-hmm. consciously try to extend it like, oh, let's throw another chorus in here. If I don't feel like, you know, the point needs to be made again. I think that. It just kind of tried, to, I try to make it happen as naturally as possible um, and really lean into, I don't know, just trying out different ideas. And, and just, I think like being influenced by a lot of things that I listened to really helped me kind of find the sound that we wanted to go for. Um, I listened to a lot of like math rock, emo rock, indie alternative stuff. Um, cool. So, what? Cool. Thanks. And, uh, <laughs> So just kind of taking inspiration from everything that I could and just trying out a bunch of things. I think it just really helped us develop our sound. That makes sense. And it's really important to kind of like, you know, kind of respect yourself as, as a creative at that point of like, you know what, it's done. And 
I'm not going to add all these extra things just because I feel like I have to fill it out. I mean, sometimes it's cool to just have a song that's like a minute, you know, and yeah, and that's perfect because you're kind of conveying what you need to. And if you add anything else, it might strip from that, you know? Totally. Yeah. I don't like, you know, overstaying my welcome. I don't like beating something to death. I I think there's something about like, if you've said all you need to say, like, Mm -hmm. Like don't don't yeah. just be taking people's time. Like if you need to be conscious about like the time you're you're using. Yeah, and I'm sure that just draws back again to like how insecure we are. But <laughs> the point yeah. is the same. Um, I don't know. There's something really endearing about not repeating things and having things be well. If you want to hear it, play the song again. You know. Yeah. So we can get those streams. So we can get that money. Right. right. People definitely leave like something like. I should buy a sword on loop because they're like, hey, if that was only a minute. I need like another minute of that. Let me just put it on repeat. I found myself doing that. So <laughs> the one plan is working. <laughs> Step one, check. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's awesome. Um, I know that uh Bridget, you started kind of describing a little bit about some of like the genres that you have found some influence from, but I'm kind of curious about how you kind of cultivated your sound as okay cool like and how would you kind of describe it ultimately I know everybody uses the moniker of emo and I'm like that's great but every band kind of I feel like has their own understanding of like who they are and what their sound is so what would you all describe that as it's really tough especially because it's yourself you're right Mm -hmm. you know the way I hear it is always going to be different than the way that anyone else hears it for me, I get a lot of like, um, like maybe like garage emo kind of sound or something like a very DIY, um, which is true. <laughs> yeah. A little hints of like, like Frankie Cosmos maybe, or like, um, I don't know, just, just a very like, like handmade feel. I also, I've gotten a lot of hints of like, maybe the, if the front bottoms or like modern baseball, but like a little bit lighter and like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like the girl version, I guess. Yeah. I think, uh, kind of in the same realm as bands like Oso oh Oso oh or Joyce Manor, if you're familiar with them. They're kind mm-hmm. of like picking these math influences, but still very much rooted in the emo revival kind of Midwest yeah. sound of the very twinkly guitars and the grungy feel almost and garage feel sometimes at points. So I think I think it's really hard to condense it into a couple words because there's just kind of a blend of indie, all emo, math somewhere in that realm. Um I don't think things get really more specific than that, though. Yeah, I don't know. I've n- I've never really like put a put a big label on it. Yeah, we don't we don't tend to care about genre too much as long as we like how it sounds. But yeah. that's pretty much the closest we could get. Yeah, I think Midwest emo. Yeah, I, it's not like we're doing anything like super crazy that doesn't have a name. I just don't know what to call it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I know exactly what you mean, and that's why I always like to ask that because I feel like there's always more to it than whatever label that you see sitting on Spotify or sitting on, you know, whatever streaming app you're using. I'm like, hey, there's a little bit more to it there. There's more things shaping that they liked. Yeah, I think there's an interesting thing where it's like, okay, how do I make, especially when you're like, you're pitching your band different places. It's like, okay, well, I guess we're an indie band or I guess like we're, you know, it's kind of weird sometimes where it's like, well, I don't know, man, I guess just listen to it. (laughs) Make up your own mind because who, do you know, what do I know? You know, Mm -hmm. Um, upload it to spotify though it asks you like put what category yeah. your band is in and you have to pick like four categories out it's of like okay is it or punk something. or is it rock because you're like not really either but yeah i guess yeah it's it's weird to like have to compartmentalize these things um 
oh yeah we don't we don't really mind what people call us you know if you're listening that's awesome so <laughs> just get the listens <laughs> So um, I want to hear from you both about how Surrealist came together, because this is a really awesome EP. It's both concise and energetic and has so much to say. So let's hear it. How did it come together? Well, after we wrote Anomia, I think it was pretty natural process to just keep like going with it and trying to write more and more. So I think it kind of like once we had a lot of songs eventually we were like okay we really like these specific songs and we were kind of itching to get back into recording um because at that point too you know we were we were in the pandemic in the middle of it and it just was like you know we still are but yeah (laughs) we were like writing we were bored we were writing a lot and we just had nothing else going on so we were like okay let's really focus in on this and and try and craft this so i think the pandemic and the free time that we got from that really helped like lend the time to do it so Mm -hmm. That was a big part of the process. Yeah. And then from there, we did drums first. We did drums separate um, because like this is our first shot at doing this record um, pretty much by ourselves. But I wasn't totally sold on like having the confidence to record our drums ourselves because I don't know, drums are very important to me. I feel like they really envelope the entire mix and kind of really place you in that that moment. So we did drums uh, at a place called Sound Summit, which is in Naperville, Illinois. Um, and they're just kind of like a, a hometown space they have rehearsals and recording and so we were able to record drums there and then have him send us those files and then from there we recorded the rest at her work actually um she works at a place called foxhole creative which is like a voiceover place they do a lot of recording in general um so we put the amps in there and we did that ourselves because taylor's an audio wizard um and then from there (laughs) from there compared to me yes and so from there we actually sent it to our mixing guy who was a He's Roger Humphrey, and we found him because he's done stuff for Twin Peaks, and we really like how they sound. I was, like, obsessed with this mix of this one song, and I was like, what if we got him? And actually, you hit him up, right? Mm-hmm. And he- Well, I've been, I've been wanting to work with him um, with our other band, but it just didn't quite have the right, like, garage feel because our other band, The Weekend Run Club, is kind of more, like, uh, dancey pop stuff. Mm-hmm. So I had my eye on him, and I saw that um, – I was like, you know, let's just reach out, and I saw he was doing, like, kind of a quarantine price special, so that was really, really cool. And I love the idea of like sending it to someone else who has never heard it before and they're able to like put their own spin on things and like hear it differently than we ever could. And I feel like if we try to mix it and master it ourselves, it's just be like, I'm hearing this so much that I no longer know what I'm hearing. Right. I love that, um, you know, people like him and then my friend Aaron mastered it. They were able to contribute their own the way that they heard it differently. And I think it's really cool that it's kind of a product of all these people, you know, hearing these songs. I don't know. I think it really made it come to life and like really blossom. So, yeah. Right. Cause then they get to kind of have that slight, their interpretation of it. Yeah. 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 I love the idea of like, everyone has kind of crafted this mm-hmm. like in, in different kind of ways. It just, it just makes it very wholesome. It feels like, you know, it's not, it's not us doing it by ourselves. Um, just having a couple of people behind it being like, what if we did this and stuff like that. Um, I think it's just really cool to hear other people's ideas on your own things and like, how can this grow further? So yeah, that was a really cool process. I love that. I'm glad you got to have that kind of opportunity whenever it comes to like putting it together. Um, So I want to dig into a couple of the songs here, of course, from the opening it being I should buy a sword. Uh, That song in particular feels particularly relatable in the age of COVID. (laughs) Me being somebody who feels relatively introverted and stuff, the whole idea of missing the awkward human interactions 
And I didn't think I would reach that point ever in my life. And here I am. (laughs) Totally, man. Oh man. I know. It's so funny. I, yeah, I was thinking about like all the shows that we used to go to and all the people we would meet and like, I don't know, sometimes like not even being able to hear people like when you're trying to talk to them, but it's like, man, whatever gift is just be in that happy space. Like, cause at the end, I think you remember like, you know, okay, maybe I couldn't hear them sometimes, or maybe I met someone I didn't know what to say to, but at the end of the day, like I had fun, like I had a good time going to this show and right people and that's cool, you know? And so I was just really missing that. And I figure like, we can't make a record in 2020 and not talk about COVID. So I feel like it was an appropriate way to acknowledge uh, you know, the context that we're in before going on to other stuff. Right. And I feel like that's something that's still going to be kind of universal for folks, even after the pandemic ends, because I think we all sometimes will hit certain points where it's like, you don't have time to enjoy the things that you love because there's something else going on in your life. And I've had those times pre pandemic where I've been like, so slammed by like my day job that I can't make it to shows or I can't, I don't have the energy to do all that. And you start to kind of crave that again. So I think that's still something that like you can revisit even after this, there's still something timeless to it. And in particular, I feel like the actual music behind it and stuff has this way that kind of draws you back into that feeling of like, yeah, I miss it kind of thing. It matches that emotion that you have, you know, nostalgia for it. Exactly. God, it is. And it's weird to think about yeah, going to a restaurant. It's going to feel nostalgic, man. Like, ooh, there's a lot of things we got to reintroduce. And uh, the feeling behind each of them when they happen is going to be really strange. It is. I feel like I'm going to have to, you know how whenever you go into a cold like pool or beach water or whatever, and it's like that shock and you have to like some people are really great at just jumping in. I'm not. I'm like toe by toe, inch by inch. That's always worse because then when it gets to like your stomach, you're like, oh God. <laughs> exactly. You know, all at once. I'm afraid that's going to be me going back into society. <laughs> I walk in the stairs too, but it is worse. So. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> fine I don't know especially with like a health crisis it's like I feel like you can never really be too careful I mean it is scary to think about shows coming back I mean it's great obviously but it's like are we good like are we really good or are we just kind of good I don't know it's tough to navigate especially when you're trying to book but also trying to be safe you know so it's, it's scary luckily we we've been vaccinated I have my second shot now you have yours coming up soon so you know having that knowledge is going to be a lot more comforting but you know, it's still a day, but I think I'm still just trying to, to evaluate where we're at right now. Same. You know? Yeah. I have a, at the time of us recording, my second shot is tomorrow and I'm like, so relieved. I'm like, okay, it's going to be great to get this done. But also it's like, okay, I have to, I feel like my brain is like, well, what does the CDC say? And they keep changing the rules every couple of weeks. So I'm kind of like, eh, eh, kind of feeling of like, is, are we, are we good? And so I feel like 2021 is going to continue to be that year of like mentally kind of going back and forth. And hopefully 2022 will be a lot more consistently chill, hopefully when it comes to at least health crisis, you know, <laughs> yeah, I have high hopes for 2022, but, Getting closer. You know. there's definitely, there's, there has to be like a weird overlap period because you know, how else would we get back? Like, yeah. it's not just going to happen all at once. So yeah, but we're getting there. 
And I think, yeah, I think it starts with outdoor shows too. We have yeah. one at Bradley University this Saturday that we are so stoked about. Yeah. Um, and it's just going to be a very outdoor event, socially distanced. Everyone's going to be wearing masks and that's, stuff like that. That's OK Cool's first live show. actual show. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so that's incredible. We're really looking forward to it. And okay. it just feels like at least something, something, some brush of like breath of fresh air, even though that would honestly like, I don't know, be no big deal like a couple of years ago. And I was just like, what? Yeah. I don't know. I feel very lucky that we they asked us and I'm really stoked to play. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm glad that's happening for y'all. You definitely deserved. And it's it's hopefully going to be what becomes even more exciting for you too as the world starts to open up again and being able to have those opportunities start to come your way more and more. Yeah, I would agree. I'm really, really stoked. I can't wait. I love that. You know, if anything, kind of matching that kind of energy to some extent here, I loved five finger exploding heart technique. That is that title, like the martial arts Kill Bill reference or? It is. Heck yes. I'm a nerd. So anytime uh, I see that kind of stuff, I'm like, wait a second, let me double cross reference here with Google. Oh yes. I was right. Kind of vibe. Yeah. It's actually not the like original phrase from the movies. Cause I had misremembered it. Um, right. Once I found out what the original one, I was like, eh, I kind of like mine better. So we just stuck with that one. <laughs> it honestly sounded like an anime, like fighting technique as well. So I was like, this is perfect. This is going to be my vibe already. I love the idea of just naming a song something crazy like that. I feel like that's just like one more thing that could potentially like draw someone in. Like, whoa, this is like named really weird. Maybe I'll click yeah, it. Or, you know? or something that they never would remember the name of this song. They'll be like, what was that called again? Yeah. <laughs> that up, it's stuck in my head and they try to sing the lyrics back and it's not in there. And they're just like, wait, what's it called? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we're really proud of that one. That was our first single. Um, and it's, it's done really well. Um. We just got reviewed by Anthony Fantano the other day on Twitch, which was actually <laughs> insane. Um, he does like Twitch streams every every so often and people can submit. And so I kept trying and I was like, this is never going to happen. And then it happened. And I was I like, oh, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> A bunch of like really new, nice people uh, on our socials just saying, you know, keep it up. Sounds great. So it's just been really fun. I don't know to share that with the world and have so many people connect to it. No, that's exciting. Congratulations to get that kind of boost because I feel like those moments are so crucial as an artist. Absolutely. It's just wild, like the difference that one person can make. I mean, especially without shows and stuff, like that was a huge part of making like making like new connections and like being seen by new people when you like mm-hmm. play with another band. But that's been really hard this year to like grow digitally. Yeah. Shows are like, besides being the funnest thing ever, they're like such a crucial way of marketing and putting yourself out there by like there's no better way to put yourself out there than literally putting yourself out there um and getting the chance to connect with people and meet them face to face there's just nothing like it so it's tough when you're releasing music in a pandemic and you have to rely completely on the internet and it's it's a weird kind of landscape just solely existing in people's minds and um and hearts and and hearts inside So we're really excited to kind of make it like an actual real thing. We got some tapes and CDs that have kind of helped it make it come to life. Um, And we have those on on sale on our little record label websites, takeahikerecords.limitedrun.com. And we'll be bringing those over to Peoria too. So it'll be really nice to just get this out there and and maybe even put it in some record stores in Chicago and and just kind of make it more of a palpable thing than it's been so far. Mm -hmm. Definitely. 
it, I think it's definitely going to be in particular one of those EPs that's going to have a lot of reach for a lot of folks. It's been out for a month and I feel like only in time it's going to continue to grow because I feel like particularly with this single, it's got such a message to it, but also some playful energy that just bounces so well nicely between each other. Because I mean, you're talking about important things like performative allyship and like the experience of like, you know, um, feeling like you have to respond or maybe not respond to like really gross comments and compliments and stuff. And um, I really like that you're calling this out, but it's also matched by such this energy of like, I don't know, other than to describe it as playful. It's like, you know what? Yeah, this sucks, but you kind of, it's a nice like nudge, nudge to the other people around you who get that experience, you know? Nice. Thank you so much. (laughs) Of course. It's so cool that you do that. And um, I think part of what kind of solidified that in my mind as part of that song's experience is when I watched the video for it. It's so fun to watch y'all just hang out with scooters and skateboards and just like have a great time. What was it like kind of bringing that visually to life with your director? Was a great time. It was really fun. It was, it was a really good day. It felt like you're a kid at summer camp or something. Like your legs get tired from scootering around the block and you're just like hanging. <laughs> so, um, but we did that with, uh, how do we find Nina? You just, you knew Nina. Nina, I had known prior. She's friends with a bunch of my friends and we would always go to shows and see her there. Um, Oh, she reached out on Facebook too. Yeah, I have made. A, on I, had, I know it's horrible. Everything. <laughs> I uh, I made a post just kind of looking for some video people, and she actually hit me up. She was like, "Hey, I actually do video," and I was like, "I never knew that. That's amazing. I already know you. Like, this couldn't be better." Perfect. But yeah, perfect. And um, when we came time to kind of workshop this video and figure out what we wanted, I it kind of come up with the idea of I wanted to see like a, a nice like long shot of us like scootering down the street. I thought that was hilarious. Um, and it kind of yeah, it matches that playful energy, like you said. Um, and I also had had this idea for a long time of like bringing an office chair to a skate park because I also think that's hilarious. So find <laughs> those two things to a video and she helped out with like suggesting locations and we went yeah. to Logan Square as well. We, we tried not to like map it out to the to the T very much and just kind of let it be natural and fun and, and record kind of just our day doing fun things that we like to do. So yeah, that was definitely the vibe for that. Um, took inspiration from Remo Drive's aesthetic with their You're Killing Me video and mm-hmm. just had a couple different reference points of like, yeah, I like the the way that this kind of feels. We wanted to, you know, really match the energy of the song and kind of feel cohesive. So we felt like that was a good pick. Um, and it was a lot, it was a lot of fun. We had a blast. Yeah, because it feels like, you know, us as viewers, it feels like we're just hanging out with y'all wandering the neighborhoods of Chicago. And I'm like, Chicago is literally my favorite city in the world. So if anything for me, I'm just kind of like, it makes me miss it so, so much whenever I see that, especially when it's like just the more chill stuff. It's not like, you know, the touristy side of Chicago. It's, hey, we're just chilling. We just like went out a couple blocks by my house because there's not a ton of traffic. So we could just like scooter there. Yeah. And those, I mean, those are the parts of Chicago that are, I think the most lovable is like mm-hmm. you actually, you know, can get to know like your local stores and your local venues and like there's really no dig into the culture, but all it's beautiful. There's no bean though. So. Yeah. We didn't include the bean. Um, sorry, bean. <laughs> uh, but we think you have enough publicity, so you'll be okay. The bean will be just fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
my gosh. I love that. Thank you so much for kind of sharing what happened with all that. And, you know, I, I do want to dig into Divers here as like the song that kind of wraps the EP in particular, because I feel like this is a very personal song. And I think one of the things I like the most about it is there's this clear expressed vulnerability, I feel like between friends that comes out of it. Like I can tell that, you know, at least from the outside, there was, there was some honesty going on here and some vulnerability that was just really special. And because of that, I kind of want to hear from you both maybe about like how you collaborate with each other specifically in songwriting and maybe how that may have lended to this particular song. Yeah, that song is really vulnerable. You you definitely nailed it. That's um, interesting. This one was like this started as kind of like a, a bigger collab where it was like um the bass riff and then mm-hmm. yeah, Haley started it off with the bass riff. Um yeah, we were messing around one day and we kind of just like had it on a looper. Um and we just were trying different things and seeing what would work out and and we had that riff, that main riff that um plays out in the beginning and it kind of all went from there. Yeah, and then from there, I was kind of like beatboxing over it, and I was like, that would be kind of sick. And then I, I quickly just kind of programmed that into Logic, um, the audio software that I use. Um, just like a very rough, like as you can tell, like just very basic beat, which we ended up keeping because we got used to it. <laughs> and- I think we were we were trying to like um, write something that was like really simple because I I'd seen like a TikTok video talking about how like a four on the floor beat and like a like poppy bass like is what catches people really easily. So we were like, oh, that's kind of fun. Let's try and do that. Cause we tried like a lot of different like ways of writing and doing different stuff. So that's, I think where that started. Yeah, exactly. And then once we had that beat in that bass, we were, we were still like vibing with it. So I took it home and, um, and then I think like a lot of times I just try putting it on and, and just trying to see what comes naturally to my head. And like, I was still very much thinking about this old relationship. So I had this poem that was kind of related to it that I, I had just had in my files for a couple of years, took it out and just started thinking about like, what if I was able to transfer, you know, what I wrote about here to the song. And so I just kind of started to sound it out. Um, and then it kind of went from there. And I like the idea of changing the whole vibe, like halfway through. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like it's a really nice way to kind of evolve things and especially with what you're talking about. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of how that song formed. I took a lot of inspiration from the idea of, putting guitars in stereo and having different things going on in each year, which obviously is not revolutionary, but it was to me as a writer. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're always just kind of trying things we haven't tried before and seeing where those go. And it usually ends up being really successful. Um, so well, not usually. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Not usually, but <laughs> for these songs it was. Um, and yeah, that's, that's pretty much how that, that formed and, and, you know, I had like kind of the drums program throughout the whole thing, went back home and recorded it. Um, and once the song was done, there wasn't much that we did. You know, I think there's a lot of worth in, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Because um, we ended up just keeping that same drum beat that I made that day um, and kind of sticking to what we had. And that was pretty much the story of that song. I love that there was that much experimenting that went into it ultimately and that you two kind of just were like, hey, let's try this. And it really resulted in something that was just really honest and powerful. So I thought that was really brilliantly done. 
Thanks. Yeah. Haley definitely has to keep encouraging me to just like try it and it's fine if it doesn't work because I'm very much the person who wants to see results. And yeah, just, you'll sometimes just... we'll start with like a couple chords or something. And if it loops long enough, we're just like, this is garbage and then <laughs> throws it out just because she's tired of hearing it already. But it's like it's yeah, it is so important for me to like something enough to really pursue it because mm-hmm. I think the other thing is that it's so hard to find the motivation to write a whole song. <laughs> It's a lot of work. And uh, so I really need something to kind of fall in love with to really be able to take off with it. Um, but I think like, you know, keeping the mindset of like, it's fine if it's shit, it's fine if it's garbage. It doesn't yeah, have sometimes, to be good. Sometimes the part that makes you fall in love with it comes after, like sometimes you write yeah. chords and then you throw a cool riff on top. So like it needs to build sometimes to see if it's really worth keeping or not. Yeah. It, sometimes it's just tricky to kind of make it there, Right. you know, but you know, we figure it out together. That's awesome. And that kind of have that back and forth encouragement of those bits and stuff. That's really how you get it to where let's move it to where we can layer it and start to build on it. That's so cool. Well, I just had us talk about three of my favorite songs on the EP, but do either of you have like a favorite song on Surrealist that you're just really excited about or that you love playing even? For me right now, I think it's probably hypervigilant. Um, most of the time, my favorite song is based on like what what's the most fun to play mm-hmm. live. And so we've been like practicing a couple times with with everybody for the first time in a while, and that's kind of changed my vision of what my favorites are. Um, but I really like the like breakdown in that. Yeah. Yeah, I like that song a lot too. Probably that one or Five Finger, um, just because like the energy in Five Finger, it's so fun to just jump around and just really sing that one. Um, and the hypervigilance fun too, because it's just got this really nice, uh, warm feeling to it. And like hearing ba- Haley's bass line, like on that song, is just so pretty. Um, it is. Yeah, I just love whenever we collaborate and she just adds something completely new, it's just like, wow, this fits so well. Like it makes <laughs> it better than it was. Um, so I really dig that one too. I love it. That's exciting. And as you start to get to where you can play shows again and stuff, that'll be exciting to kind of see that really happen live and get that kind of crowd feeling to it as well people react to the songs will even change further what your favorite is because it's like oh this one's so fun to do or this one's whatever yeah scary to think about people reacting to the songs (laughs) (laughs) just Just hold a stone face the the whole time (laughs) i think that would be impossible i don't think i could do it that's for sure i'd break very quickly be a worse reaction if everybody just yeah. stood and stared at you yeah i guess so time. i guess so <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> so maybe what's something you actually want your listeners to get out of surrealist this is always a hard question because like when we're writing what do, it because like what do we <laughs> I, I, this is just something like i never thought about how other people would react to these songs when we we're writing it it very much was just like i like to do this and i'm doing it with my friend and it's just like this this is fun to me and we like how this one's coming out so it's very weird to think about what other people get out of it but i think just like if they think it's fun and they think it's cool then good and if they don't that's fun too yeah honestly like you know pick your poison i'm not mad if you want to have fun that's fine if you want to relate that's cool if it inspires you that's cool i feel like there's really like no wrong thing that you could you could get out of it even if you hate it it's like well thanks for listening (laughs) yeah um so yeah you know dealer's choice i mean we had a lot of fun making it and it was really therapeutic too to make and and be able to work on something during the pandemic and so you know we got a lot out of it and i feel like us not for you yeah it's only for us don't listen (laughs) 
but yeah like it's just you know if you like that kind of music i think you'll like it you know i think it's you could like really bob your head to it sometimes but you know i feel like whatever someone gets out of it that's all fair game whatever you want to get that's valid i love that thank you so much for sharing that so i love right now everybody's starting to get excited about for what's ahead so i'm kind of curious what are some things that you both would be able, you want to be able to accomplish with OK Cool maybe over the next year or so? What are some things you want to do? I'm very stoked to play our first show. That's a big thing because mm-hmm. you know, throughout the whole pandemic, we haven't gotten to play and we, we never played a show with this band. Um, I think going on a tour would be really, really cool. With I was going to say that. I love touring. It is my bread and butter. I love to manage them, route them, go on them play on them i also <laughs> i it would be really cool to like be an opener for a band that we like yeah that's always kind of like the first the first kind of goal for for bands starting out it's like can i open for somebody right yeah and uh, to open for somebody that like you recognize their name is like really cool stuff yeah i know we've had some stuff like that lined up for weekend run club that unfortunately got canceled because of the pandemic but it's just it's cool to think about that like they considered you yeah already had heard their music before they thought about you so it's like oh whoa yeah we've even been able to connect with a couple of bands that like we we generally like have loved before and like people have shouted us out like the sonder bombs were huge fans of them um uh, illuminati hotties responded to me on twitter and said that the album shreds and laura that, jane grace that stuff took me out i was on cloud nine so <laughs> even these little like recognitions or people that like just we idolize so much and just we look up to has been incredible yeah, and I, I feel like with every band that you're in you kind of get into a new part of the community with like the genre and, and whoever else is included in that genre so to kind of break into that with okay cool will be fun to like meet new bands that fit the same bills or whatever that we'd be on yeah it's just exciting to be part of a scene to be part of a community mm-hmm. no matter what it is i think it's just it's just really fun it just brings you together you know i love making friends <laughs> I like that's the best friends. part <laughs> yeah I love that so much. Um, that's a perfect jumping off point for my classic podcast question. You can each answer this. If you could play a show with any three bands, they can be currently active or you can bring them back from the dead. Who would it be? You need to think about think, it. Yeah, I got to think. You got one. Okay. Um, Spirit of the Beehive. They are a huge influence on everything this band does. Um, they're timeless. They're revolutionary. Go listen to the new album um second second would probably be yeah i don't know band a band like pup would be amazing they've also been really influential to me just in terms of their vocal style it's very much gang vocal oriented and just like all these amazing driving melodies they're so cool um last one foxing would be amazing i don't know if you're familiar with them but they are yes they're always breaking these boundaries. Every record they do is so original. So many new ideas. Like I cannot shut up about that band. I think they're so cool. So they're that's life-changing so band. <laughs> they life-changing band. Like they will make you reconsider music. It's just like, it can be like this. I had no idea. So that's the three I would say. I love your picks. Yeah. I would pick maybe like, um, like Slaughter Beach Dog would be really, really cool. Cause yeah. I've a lot recently. And then maybe like, uh, the Aubrey's or Twin Peaks is kind of the same same genre as us. It'd be so fun. Um, and then one out of left field, Haley Williams. Yo, we love her. Everybody at the show would be like, "What's going on? <laughs> These do not go together at all." But 
her new solo stuff is so cool. she does not miss yeah. we love paramore we love Haley williams like we will we will be diehard fans right. i think forever she can do no wrong M- more on brand though maybe like the front bottoms would be sick too like that would, that, that would make me lose my mind if you yeah for them. we love we love a lot of brands we'll play for anybody <laughs> fine <laughs> <laughs> You all picked fantastic bands and I hope these opportunities come your way. That's the whole point of questions. We send the vibe in the universe and then maybe in 2022 when tours are like fully revved, we start to see OK Cool playing some awesome shows. Um, I know that Foxing is going to do something big in the next year with that, all the new songs that they have coming out and stuff. And posting stuff. Yeah, they're, they're cooking. It's great. It's so good. They don't miss <laughs> every song on their right. It's so good. They have an understanding of music that is just so beyond me. (laughs) Every time we're all lucky to listen to them. That's for sure. I love it. Um, So now I've kind of gotten to hear a little bit about some of the artists that you both love and stuff. I'm curious, what's maybe something that you really want your listeners to know about. Okay, cool. Or about you two that maybe they don't know yet. we're trying our best we don't consider ourselves professionals uh we don't consider ourselves that good we actually don't consider ourselves at all (laughs) but we are trying and i think if the message is one thing i think it should just be like if you're hesitant about putting stuff out there like just do it (laughs) yeah whatever it's like you know, I, I just, I, I don't know. I'm just so hesitant about my voice in general and like singing when you're not like a singer that I think it can forget that like no one really cares. So just put it out. <laughs> and the other thing is there's a lot of bands that do that, that we really like and listen to and they're not like classically good trained singers or whatever. Yeah. I think you, you I don't know. I think you might be surprised. Like what happens if you put stuff out there? I never thought that Anthony Fantano would say my band's name, but he did. <laughs> so maybe it's not that bad you know like i think maybe it i think just putting art out there can really give you the opportunity to surprise yourself um and so i think that's kind of the the message that i would say i agree good <laughs> i love that that's really well said i think if anything okay cool is 100 the band that would encourage people to have like make music with your friends and put it out there yeah exactly yeah why not you know have fun even if it's bad just keep making more and eventually something has to be okay yeah <laughs> there's, only, there's only one direction you can go so just try it out i love that well um thank you both so much for hanging out with me and sharing everything that's going on with okay cool where can everybody find okay cool on the internet and give you all follow yeah so we're on facebook twitter instagram tiktok um all our usernames are okay cool band we're on all streaming services and we have our own record label called Take a Hike Records. And that record label website is takeahikerecords.limitedrun.com. I don't want to pay for a domain. So that's what it's going to be. Um, and we have all our merch on there as well as we can run clubs merch. Check out that other project. And that's all our links. That's what we got going on. You know, find us online. We'll respond to it. <laughs> I love it. Thanks so much, Haley and Bridget. Thank you. Thank you. This was a blast. Desperate for awkward human interactions Steps to the bathroom floor I miss the great
Okay, cool. Thank you so much to Haley and Bridget for coming on and sharing so many laughs with me. Be sure to stream Surrealist and give OK Cool a follow on socials. They're definitely going to be a must-see band when it's safe to return to shows. That's it for this week, but you can always keep up with Anger Girl music of the Indie Rock Persuasion online. Find episodes, links, articles, and more at angergirlmusic.com. Get in touch with me through email at angergirlmusic at gmail.com. Or on Twitter and Instagram at angergirlmusic. If you're interested in being a guest on the pod, reach out and let's chat about what you're working on. Thanks for listening. Till next time, stay angry and stay safe. I'll miss you all. Talk to you soon. Bye for now. Hey.